raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. How do we get to a place in this country, Hammer, where an establishment guy like Congressman Kevin McCarthy gets voted in as Speaker of the House? Then Matt Gates and the Gang of Eight say, yeah, you're not really living up to expectations. We're going to get a bunch of people. We vote you out. And then we're going to get this guy named Jim Jordan from uh, Ohio, a congressman from Ohio. Seemingly, everybody loves this guy. A lot of conservatives, a lot of Republicans love Jim Jordan. He's beloved within uh, the Congress. And we get this vote uh, today. Hakeem Jeffries, election denier, left-wing progressive Congressman Jeffries, 210, Jordan 194. Currently, Jeffries is leading votes for the Speaker of the House over Jim Jordan. How did we get to this point? Because the establishment feels threatened. And this is what this is about. So they want to put Jeffries up there? (laughs) They would. I'm telling you, and we've been saying this, I've been saying this for all week long. If you think this is about Republicans against Democrats, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, you're wrong. This is about the people against the establishment. There's a small group that want to represent the people. They want Republicans to act like Republicans again. Limited government, limited spending. But they're outnumbered by this large group of butt sniffers that want to just maintain power, keep giving money to Ukraine, keep giving money to everybody else except for here in the United States. Republicans that love big government and more than anything else, big power. And because the Republicans have such a small majority in the House, it only takes a few people to draw that line in the stand to say, screw it, we're going to have chaos. And what some people call chaos, Matt Gates would call, well, yeah, that's what happens when you disrupt the establishment. That's what right. it looks like. This is 100% the establishment feeling threatened, and they're going to do everything in their power to try to keep it. Republicans and Democrats, they want to act like they hate each other, and maybe some do, but I think the one thing that brings them both together to the table is they don't want to have to get real jobs. So this 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 guy that's in there, the Speaker Pro Tem right now, the guy that was uh, in there after McCarthy, McHenry, uh, there was some backdoor meeting, behind the closed door meeting today to give him additional powers, right? Right. And here's the thing. Matt Gates kind of the puppet master who orchestrated this whole situation of bouncing the establishment sweetheart in McCarthy and trying to get Jim Jordan in, has proposed a little something-something here. Now, this was just a few hours ago from Matt Gates' official Twitter feed. Quote, all eight Republicans who voted to remove Kevin McCarthy from speakership are willing to accept censure, suspension or removal from the conference in order to elect Jim Jordan as the speaker. He goes on to say, if the holdouts who refuse to vote for speaker designate Jim Jordan would be willing to vote with the team and elect him the 56th speaker of the house, we are prepared to accept censure, suspension or removal from the conference to accomplish this objective. Okay. Have fun with that. Let's let's get it over with, though. 
let's let's get moving on this because right now it looks like a clown show. It does. And speaking of clowns, election denier Hakeem <laughs> Jeffries, he had a little press gaggle earlier today. We recognize that Jim Jordan is a clear and present danger to the American people. And we are going to be here for as long as it takes to end this national nightmare. from any moderate Republicans who will be willing to partner with you on a speaker candidate? It's a question you should ask them. Would you ever vote for Patrick McHenry on the floor? I've said repeatedly that there are many Republicans on the other side of the aisle who we believe are good Americans, good patriots, good men and women. Patrick McHenry is one of them. There are others. Well, first of all, Jeffries doesn't explain why Jim Jordan is a, quote, clear and present danger to the American people. I mean, I would, I would claim to you that the open border, open southern border is a clear and present danger to the American people. Doesn't obviously just throws out these names. Plus, the again, the Senate pro tem guy that's kind of running things temporarily while McCarthy was after he was ousted. If that if that guy gets an endorsement from Hakeem Jeffries, sorry, Hammer, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Throw the money on yeah. the table like Kramer and Seinfeld. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> now, I want to go back to Matt Gates for a second. Okay. Because the timing of that tweet that he put out today saying, look, if you want to kick us out, if you want to censure us, that's fine. But put in uh, Jim Jordan as the speaker. This comes after reports are starting to leak that there was this fiery closed door meeting yesterday. This was after the second vote, but yet before the third that happened this morning, where a lot of folks were chewing out and cussing and swearing at Matt Gates. Uh, CNN's Manu Raju was outside the doors, and this is the way that he reported on that meeting. It is devolved into a back and forth, tense words being exchanged, swear words being exchanged, including at one point the former Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, telling Matt Gates, who led the effort to oust him, to sit down. Gates didn't. Some other members cursed at him. One member, Mike Boss, of, uh, uh, went after him as well is cussing at him several times, we're told. Also, a number of members calling on Jim Jordan, the speaker nominee for the Republican Party, to drop out. That is something that Jordan is refusing to do. Basically, where this stands right now is that Jordan has said that he would support making Patrick McHenry, the interim speaker, giving him more legislative power to move through the legislative process, take up bills that have been essentially paralyzed amid this fighting within the House. But he says he would not drop out of the race to be speaker. He said he would allow this process to be Pat McHenry to be an interim speaker to happen until January, at which point he'd be willing to move forward. But there's a problem. There has been furious opposition to this idea of propping up Patrick McHenry. One Republican member after another has come out here essentially saying that that is dead, that they will not support that, that it will not pass the House. Yeah, the moment that okay. Hakeem Jeffries came out and said, yeah, this bow tie dork up there, I don't mind this guy. That's pretty much dead on arrival at this point, right? Dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. Uh, Nige, yeah. not all heroes wear capes. You were a hero last night. <laughs> That's right. 
You watched <laughs> Joe Biden's press conference, so we uh, all didn't have it wasn't to. A, it wasn't a press conference. It was an address to the nation from the Oval Office. Of course, he didn't take questions, um, but uh, I was very underwhelmed. I was expecting like a fired up Biden standing up somewhere at a podium. I mean, I wish Joe Biden would get as fired up uh, when Israelis get slaughtered by terrorists as he does when he is up pounding the podium, calling half of America white supremacists and Joe Biden. And, and Trump supporters, uh, radicals. Remember that speech? Dark the, Brandon. Yeah, dark, dark Brandon. The speech from hell with like the red backdrop and the soldiers standing behind him. Where was that fire last night? I didn't see it. It was low energy. He he, he actually patted himself on the back at one point. He, you know, they tell me that I'm the first American <laughs> president to travel to Israel and Ukraine during war. He doesn't like, sound I, that good, guys. <laughs> That's a good try, but there's no way he sounds that coherent. You know, he said that uh, what happened in Israel it was awful, but hey, Islamophobia. We can't talk about, we can't get to a place where we have more Islamophobia. Was- and this clown, he thinks he's a wartime president. The United States is not at war with anybody right now. If anything, we should be at war with what's happening at our own border, but we're not. So Biden, who recently called himself a wartime president, spent some of the time last night bragging about taking a train with blacked out windows for 10 hours to Kiev. Earlier this year, I boarded Air Force One for a secret flight to Poland. There I boarded a train with blacked out windows for a 10 hour ride each way to Kiev to stand with the people of Ukraine ahead of the one-year anniversary of their brave fight against Putin. And I'm told I was the first American to enter a war zone not controlled by the United States military since President Lincoln. With me was just a small group of security personnel and a few advisors. So you got time for a 10-hour train ride to Kiev, but you spent 11 minutes in Michigan with the folks you allegedly love, the auto workers, a few hours in Maui after they lost everything, and you still haven't been to East Palestine, Ohio, but you spent 10 hours on a train playing grab ass with Zelensky? With blacked out windows. I'm the first pr- Again, like I said, he made it all about himself. Patting himself. A great campaign ad last night. Let's put, I'll put it that way. Great campaign ad for his presidency. There are dead Americans as a result of what happened in that terror attack in Israel. Americans being held hostage. You know, we had good news earlier. We heard two are being released, but there are still Americans being held hostage. That was an afterthought in that speech last night. So if you missed it, Nige, tell me if this is a fair summary, okay? Yes. We can't allow Hamas to take over Ukraine and defeat Putin, which will help fight Islamophobia here at home against MAGA. <laughs> Do I have basically the genesis of what he said I, last I, night? The synopsis of what he said last night, which you just put together right there, was, uh, I think, probably um, the most concise piece of analysis <laughs> I've ever heard. And how about that Botox on Joe? Woo! 
Yeah, I thought it seemed like he was wearing a mask, like a like a mission. There's somebody else under there, almost. Remember the green like monster at the front of the you know truck in maximum overdrive? Yeah. That's what he looked like last <laughs> night, man. That face was stretched. Uh, you could have thrown a quarter against that cheek, and it would have bounced and came right back to I, you. I did not know how it would be possible to crowbar a maximum overdrive reference into the speech with Joe Biden last night. That's impressive. There is no off switch on this genius panel. <laughs> Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. <laughs> yeah. What up? This is Dr. Dre. The party's going on. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. The Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. Matt Bear is sitting to my left. Hey. People usually hear your voice here in a separate room in the traffic department. I'm still in quarantine. Down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the side. <laughs> He's still socially distancing. You can never be safe enough. <laughs> COVID's over, but uh, they're still keeping me I, away. I'm calling bullcrap because I remember during the heart of COVID, we did this bit on the air where you gave me your vape. <laughs> <laughs> I think that ended the pandemic, that, that, actually. That, that really that ended it. the people worried about it. It ended Nigel for two weeks. Yeah, that actually ended me <laughs> for two After weeks. That. Was that the first time or eighth probably, time you no. threw up? I can't remember. <laughs> That was like the second time I started dry heaving. Well, I didn't so much like I tried to vape. I'd never tried it before, and I overdid it. I over, you know, I, I sucked it down like Coca Cola. Yeah, but that's Kramer once said. That's the only way to do it. I mean, you got to get in that vape. It's 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 big. It gives you that head rush, man. There's an old parody movie from the '90s from the Wayans Brothers. Uh, Don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Yeah. It was like a spoof yes. of all like the hood movies, and there was a scene, and it reminded me of Nigel where this one guy hits the chronic and he starts foaming at the mouth and <laughs> he goes into convulsions and you see Marlon Wayans' character, Loke Dog, yo, he's dead. You better pass that. <laughs> that was like you and Matt that day. Do you remember the movie Zapped with Scott Bayo? Yes. Scott Bayo when uh, the, the, the reefer gets into they're all in a high school <laughs> and, and the reefer, they start burning reefer in the school furnace. Solid nudity. Yeah, so, yeah, nudity comes out, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> this woman is chasing Scatman Crothers on a on a chariot with horses, and he looks at the camera and says, "The four horsemen are chasing me." I ask right now. Zap was coming. I'm going to have to check that out. I've yeah. never heard of that movie. Oh yeah, Zapped came out around the same era as Swamp Thing, if I'm not mistaken. Like, is this it here? Look at the. Matt, take a look at that. Is oh, that yeah. the? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a woman bent over. 
with her skirt flashing up and these two guys looking underneath the skirt. It's completely politically incorrect. It's a different time back then. Things would come up on HBO, you would just watch them. Like, think about the movies we watch, like Revenge of the Nerds and Porky's, and some of the things that took place in that movie. Could you imagine somebody trying to do that now? Weird Science is my favorite, because that was my favorite movie when I was a kid, and there are so many scenes you cannot replicate today. I mean, Anthony, I, I can't even say I'm on the air, but they were so genius, the comedic genius. Was when awesome. Anthony Michael Hall goes into the bar, and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just good movie right there. That's oh, good yeah. cinema. That's good cinema. That was Oscar award winning stuff. I mean, we got anything we need to be concerned about this week in traffic wise, Matt? Actually, no. That's, oh, that's, no. That's bull the breaking crap. news. That's, you are fake news. Really, usually so I you're telling me all the traffic <laughs> is done downtown. Oh, Rockville Road is fine. Rockville. There's no potholes on Lynnhurst. That's what you're telling me. Rockville Road is the new Keystone Parkway. And it's, just, it's completely caramel paved right now with caramel bridges. Um, I'm thinking about these special projects that really hit us the last uh, last 10 years of our lives. And it was like uh, the 70 on Westbound that we had last weekend and the Lawrence repaving projects. All that's done. I'm just thinking of the really big stuff that goes on right now. There are some overnight things on the south side that I'm going to put out on Twitter here in a little bit at Matt and Traffic. But outside of that, yes, you have downtown, downtown construction. You have the ride on Reds, the no ride on Reds. There are things to get to with, but if you leave early, this might be the one weekend where you don't have any projects to deal with, or major new projects to deal and with. And man, we got like Pacers preseason game tonight. Yes. Colts have a home game on Sunday. I think high school sectionals get rolling tonight. So people are going to be out and about, man. Yeah, it's 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 a great weekend to be around Indianapolis and I love what you say about high school football games because it's just not going to be the best high school football weather right now. Um, you have the clouds and everything. It's going to be beautiful and it's just, you you know, I, I hate driving downtown. I just do it. And, and I really hate driving around Indianapolis. You live downtown. Yeah, I love downtown and I love Indianapolis. <laughs> and that's um, You love it, but you so, hate it because I am I agree with you. We both live here, Matt. Yeah, Our, yeah. You know, this is where we call home. I love it, but I hate it at the same time. I'm really trying to bite my tongue until some of the fruition comes forth about these, these road constrictions projects. I mean, I, I'm looking, I'm thinking about college and they announced today Michigan Street and New York Street are going from one lane to two lanes. For you know, Hammer, it's yeah. Same, but except yeah. the mayor, the yeah. mayor's race. Yeah, the, the mayor, mayor's the, the prosecutor, <laughs> the bums, the drugs, the poop. I mean, you could just put that on top of what Matt's talking about. Uh, the, the, the poop is is a thing with me right now. I, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm not doing it myself. Put that on our next T-shirt. Okay. The poop is. <laughs> follow us at WIBC Trap. Um, no, it's it's. I, I just hear reports of a certain store I go to on a regular, and I, I was talking to my friend who works there, and he was just saying that one of the things somebody was doing was just uh, putting the poop on them so they could steal things. And uh, walk out of the store. Oh, yeah. that's a very because, good deterrent. Yeah, my friend tried to uh, stop them, and he was saying that's called a he, deterrent, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, what the? I walked right he, into that one. <laughs> he, he was trying to stop me. He's like, "I'm not going to stop him." You know, he, he's covered in whatever the word is. You know, I'm not, and so the guy gets away with the wow. bottles. You arrest him the next time you get him. But that was that was a thing going wow. on in one of my favorite places in the world, a place that I've been going to for 12 to 13 years. And I'm not saying it's dichotomous to the whole neighborhood right now. I'm just saying that we can't have that. And that's that's really bad. Poor Colts, Allison uh, has yeah. that look on her face, like <laughs> like every mom has when like your kids are having a rowdy sleepover and they're obnoxious and they're a pain in the ass. Like during our conversations twice, I've looked over at Allison and she's just shaking her head. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's done that more than she ever has in her life during the show. <laughs> but at least she's not getting anything thrown at her like the uh, previous producer job. So I feel like this is kind of a win-win, right, Allison? I'm just zoning out at this point. <laughs> I'm in my happy place. She's here so she don't get fined. She's full Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> I think Allison and I have the same career path here, right? <laughs> 30 seconds left, Matt Bear. Colts win this weekend. Yes, they do. They do win. We we don't three get point to underdogs. Um, I'm I'm gonna take them by one. It Browns are a good team. That pass rush is gonna is absolutely gonna destroy poor Garner Minshew. But I, I think we find a way to win because we start running the ball. I still don't know why we went away from the run in the last game. I I don't get it. Where can people find you? At Matt and Traffic all day. Love you guys. You are the best, See you, buddy. Matt Bear, the Traffic Beast. This is the Hammer and Nigel Show. <laughs> The Hammer and Nigel Show. Hey, my name is Nigel Hammers, right over there with a special guest on the hotline. Tommy Piggott is the Rapid Response Director for the RNC. You can see some of his work at the popular Twitter handle, at RNC Research. Tommy, we get a lot of big-time stuff going on, so let's just start. What did you think of Joe Biden's big speech last night? Well, I thought it was missing... One huge thing uh, of many, but one huge thing, uh, which was a plan to hold Iran accountable. Uh, There was a comment he said almost in passing saying we will continue to hold Iran accountable while admitting that Iran is a major supporter of Hamas. But there was no plan to actually do that. And he said continue as if he's been doing it. He has not been holding Iran accountable. He has been sending them tens of billions of dollars or at least allowing them to enrich themselves with tens of billions of dollars. So that was a major thing missing. And then other than that, I honestly thought it was a very weak speech. I thought it was rambling at times, uh, bordering on completely incoherent. Um, it's another example of why Joe Biden uh, should not be really yeah, where, where was the Joe Biden of old where he's standing at the podium with the red backdrop? Dark Brandon, you know, the, the speech that looks like it was straight out of V from Vendetta where he was uh, blaming all the country's problems on uh, MAGA Republicans. Where was that Biden? Well, I mean, that Biden you know, stands in contrast, at least with the rhetoric. Biden goes out there yesterday and says, uh, we need to come together as a country. But I think you make a great point bringing that up. Joe Biden has spent the last uh, years smearing Republican uh, voters across the country, smearing anyone that doesn't believe what he believes, smearing people that yep. actually believe in the Constitution when it comes to not supporting the student loan bailout or, or making sure that we secure the border. Uh, so he is not interested in bringing this country together. He's shown that through his actions and through his rhetoric, the speech you mentioned. But that's not just even one speech. He's made speeches like that time and time again yes. where he has insulted voters that disagree with him. Uh, I wish we had a president that would bring us together, but Joe Biden's not that president. Is it fair to lump Ukraine and the situation in Israel as the same? Because it felt like, to me anyway, watching a little bit of this last night, that's what Joe Biden was trying to do. He wanted the American public to view what's happening in Ukraine as the exact same situation as what's happening in Israel. Well, Washington, especially Democrats, have this habit of trying to lump all this stuff together. They, they try to make this as big as possible, as complex as possible, when in reality, and Republicans are pretty clear on this, we should be voting on individual parts of this. And you can make arguments either way on a whole host of issues, but it's incredibly important that we stand by Israel, that we, we give Israel the material and support they need to defend themselves. Uh, that is incredibly important. There can't be any delay there. Uh, and so Joe Biden, instead of trying to push, I think, uh, some sort of broad, massive bill should be uh, really approaching these I- uh, issues as the individual issues that they are, 
and make sure that we are supporting our allies and giving our allies the materials they need. Yeah, I just looked it up. I'm looking at the transcript here. He, Joe Biden mentioned Hamas 13 times, Ukraine 25 times. Good Lord. Um, in terms of the $100 million in quote-unquote humanitarian aid going to the people of Gaza, a.k.a. Hamas, I mean, is there anyone that doesn't think that that aid that, quote, aid is going to be used to help further the cause of Hamas and the terrorism? Uh, I, I, I can't tell you anyone who thinks that that's going to be used appropriately. I mean, if, if there is, and, you know, there's a bridge that they should be sold. You know, it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's outrageous that they're giving this aid to Gaza. Uh, it's clear, it's been clear for months that the aid that Biden sent to Gaza, there's been reports that that aid was used towards Hamas's terrorist operations. We've seen when they have been appeasing Iran, that money has gone towards funding Hamas. And it's not just that $6 billion that's been in the news that Biden unlocked. It's been refusing to enforce oil sanctions. It's outrageous that he would be trying to send this aid to Hamas control Gaza. And then when they're asked about that, their explanation is that it relies on an understanding with Hamas. (laughs) That's the word they use, understanding, with this brutal terrorist organization. When will Joe Biden learn the lesson that we cannot rely on understandings with terrorists for our security and the security of our allies? It's outrageous. It's naive, to put it mildly. Uh, And it shows that Joe Biden, who thinks he's an expert at foreign policy, is showing once again he's been wrong on every single foreign policy issue for the last 40 years. And it's so funny you mentioned oil restrictions or easing up sanctions on other countries. I mean, he while he continues to clamp down on energy production here in the United States, he uh, lets up, releases restrictions on Venezuela, which in turn enriches Iran and which in turn sends money to Hamas. It's a vicious circle. And I feel like Joe Biden is a part of that vicious circle. He doesn't hate oil. He just hates American oil. Yes. It's incredible uh, in a negative way that this is his policy. Uh, it's, it's designed to make us weaker. It's designed to make our allies weaker. I mean, the idea that you would simultaneously hurt our own production, then go to Venezuela, lift those sanctions, try to encourage Iran to produce more, basically empower countries like Russia. It's all connected. Yes. And I think it's, it's so telling that before Joe Biden took office, we were talking about historic peace agreements being struck with the Abraham Accords. And now his administration is bragging that he is going to war zones. And he's saying, oh, look, Joe Biden's going to war zone after war zone. What they're essentially bragging about is that under Joe Biden, Israel is now a war zone. Under Joe Biden, Ukraine is now a war zone. Under Joe Biden, you can no longer go to Afghanistan. A U.S. president can no longer go to Afghanistan. So time and time again, Biden has thrust the world into chaos with his really naive and dangerous agenda of appeasement, uh, and the world is less safe because of his policies. Tommy Piggott is our guest. He's the Rapid Response Director for the RNC. And Tommy, how much rapid response have you had to do in regards to what we're seeing with the Speaker of the House situation? Feels like every day there's a new storyline going on with the Republicans' attempt to try to find a Speaker of the House. Well, House Republicans are going to decide who the next speaker is. I think ultimately the passion that we're seeing with House Republicans is a reaction to the chaos that Joe Biden has caused because Joe Biden's policies have been a disaster. I do think it's important to recognize when we're talking about the speaker's race and House Republicans that House Republicans have been incredibly successful in stopping a lot of Joe Biden's agenda. 
at making sure that the reckless spending has stopped. Joe Biden put forward a six trillion dollar budget and that was dead on arrival because house republicans were in the majority in the house so you you have major successes you have border legislation that was passed the parents bill of rights the overturning of dc's pro-criminal uh pro-criminal criminal code so you have so many victories for house republicans and i think remembering those victories and refocusing our efforts and winning in 2024 is really important do you think the perception nationwide though is that it's dysfunction because whether you like them or not the democrats if you tell them the sky is purple and the ground is made out of spaghetti every single one of them will agree and go with that same line and they're unified that doesn't seem like it's the case with the republicans right now well, it's true that under the Republicans, it's truly the people's house again. I mean, that's what the people want. I mean, we want democracy operating, uh, and that's what the House Republicans are operating under. They're representing the people. But ultimately, I think when it comes to a question of dysfunction, Democrats try to say there's dysfunction in the House, which is ridiculous. I think the real dysfunction in people's lives that affects them is not the speakership rates. It's the dysfunction that's caused by Biden's inflation. It's the dysfunction that's caused by crime rates surging in American cities. It's the dysfunction that's caused by fentanyl pouring over the border. It's the dysfunction that's caused by Israel being a war zone, Ukraine being a war so- zone, Iran being emboldened. That's the dysfunction that is affecting American people. That's the chaos that is affecting Americans. And that's caused by Biden's policies. Those are caused when Biden claims victories, he's doing harm on the American people. So that's the dysfunction I think American people care about. And that's the dysfunction that is going to go into the voting booth and vote against in 2024 and elect more Republicans to Washington, D.C. Tommy, last thing here. Uh, We bring this up from time to time because I do think this is important for the Republican Party. How is the push to get more voters registered, maybe early votes, the bank the vote program? Are the Republicans, you know, making ground up in that area? We're making huge strides. We're uh, focused on this every single day, pedal to the metal. We've made huge voter registration strides in states like Florida, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Kentucky, which has a gubernatorial election coming up this November in 2023 next month, or really in a few weeks here. So you have uh, major strides that we're making there in terms of voter registration. On top of that is our Bank Your Vote campaign, getting people signed up to Bank Your Vote to vote early. That's been a massive success around the country in terms of Republican leaders across the country, whether they're in the state house, in the House of Representatives, in the Senate, governors, grassroots leaders are all coming together to really uh, encourage Republicans to vote early. And so that we are waiting until the fourth quarter to put points on the board, we're, we're doing that as soon as possible and then refocusing our resources on those people that haven't voted yet. So that's been a major success. We're rolling out in state after state. We just rolled out in Pennsylvania this week, for example. We have state-specific teams in New York, California, Nevada, Wisconsin, Ohio. Uh, we're, we're rolling this out across the country. It's been uh, amazingly successful so far in terms of the enthusiasm we're seeing. But we're not taking anything for granted. We're going to keep on fighting every single day to get Republicans out to the polls and, and win in 2024. Yeah, I think a lot of people are encouraged to hear that groundwork being done in some of those key swing states there, Tommy. All right, man, we will do this again next Friday. Tommy Piggott, RNC Rapid Response Director. We appreciate your time. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, 
and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Amazon's going to start testing drones that will be able to drop off prescription meds at your doorstep, usually faster than you could picking it up at the pharmacy. What do you think about this, Hammer? You want to hear? Let's uh, let's hear from the vice president of the Amazon pharmacy um, and some other people talking about this program that's being tested in Texas. We're excited to announce that customers who signed up for Prime Air are going to be able to get prescription medication delivered to their doorstep in under 60 minutes. That means getting as close as possible to our customers, to our patients, as fast as possible. The second you understand that something might be happening with a patient, that they may be experiencing a medical condition, you want to get them the care they need as quickly as possible. It really is unparalleled in the experience for getting prescription medication. What do you think? I, I'm look, I got really sick a couple days before Christmas. I mean, I couldn't like I, my lungs were on fire. I couldn't. There was no way I could physically get out of bed. Now, I'm lucky I had Lindsay that could go pick up. You know, I called my doctor. He had some steroids and some other stuff that immediately um, took care of the symptoms. But there are people out there that don't have uh, uh, people to rely on to go get them prescription medications if they're bedridden. I kind of like the idea. I hate it. <laughs> because at some point, <laughs> these drones are going to turn on you. I've seen yeah. enough movies and TV shows to know what's going to be the end game here. The robots will turn and start hurting people. And these drones, instead of dropping medicine off at your house, <laughs> they're going to be dropping bombs off at your house. Okay, You're going to get right. some rogue employee at Amazon that straps a firework or something to it. And they'll light it on fire. Oh drop my. it off at your house. Now, here's the other thing that I have concerns with. This is done by Amazon, right? Yeah. Have you seen what Amazon's rockets look like? Do you know the <laughs> Jeff Bezos rockets? Yes. They're a little yes. phallic-shaped, if you will. Right. Looks like a big old crank yes. going up in the sky. Is that what these drones are going to look like? I hope. I really don't want to walk outside, you know, get a big breath of fresh air, look up and see 40 dongs floating <laughs> around. I'd prefer not to see that because it will remind me of that scene where they're looking at the radar in Austin Powers. <laughs> wiener? Any of you kids want another wiener? Dad, what's that? I don't know, son, but it's got great big nuts. I don't <laughs> see nuts. Who wants some, Lord Almighty? That looks just like my husband's one-eyed monster. <laughs> right up and see the one-eyed monster. Hey, what's that? It looks like a big... Woody. Woody Harrelson? Can I have your autograph? Sure, no problem. I'm telling you, I have uh, seen this movie before, and it's not going to turn out well, Nige. Oh, wow. Okay. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock Jason Hammer right over there. Bad news for Congressman Jim Jordan. He's kind of like the main guy that was going to take over for Kevin McCarthy once Kevin, Congressman McCarthy, was ousted by the gang of eight led by Matt Gates. Now Jim Jordan 
no longer GOP speaker nominee after the third defeat on the House. They kicked him to the curb. He's done. They had the private closed ballot session and voted to remove him. Tweet from Thomas Massey, representative from Kentucky, quote, Jim Jordan gave it his all. He was the best speaker candidate to reform Congress's spending addiction that's been bankrupting our country. But sadly, today, the GOP conference met privately and ended his candidacy by a vote of 112 to 86. I would have voted 1000 rounds for Jim. That was Thomas Massey. And now. We have no GOP nominee. We're going to take a break this weekend, and I'm starting to wonder whether any Republican can grab enough votes needed to become Speaker. What's going on? And listen, maybe Rob Kendall's right. Maybe the best thing that could happen is there is no Speaker of the House. You know, maybe without somebody being the Speaker of the House, a little bit of activity could slow down. And they won't spend as much money. But listen, if you're being honest, final score, establishment one, Jim Jordan, zero. The establishment, they knew the overwhelming majority of Americans thought Jim Jordan was perfect for that job. Overwhelming majority of people in that Congress thought Jim Jordan could do a good job. But a handful of just elite, stubborn, establishment, power-hungry butt-sniffers decided, hell no, not on our watch. We would rather have no speaker or even Hakeem Jeffries on the other side than Jim Jordan because we can't let Freedom Caucus and people take the lead over the establishment. Uh, We do have some good news. Though, and I thought I'd like to relay this now. Uh, two American held hostages by Hamas have been released. An American mother and daughter taken hostage by Hamas, released from Gaza. And this is almost, well, I mean, it's been two weeks now after the massacre and killings in Israel, Hammer. This is good news. I will absolutely uh, take I'll this. I'll take it. I'll take it. I mean, there's not much out there these days, but. Can you imagine what it's like being held captive by a terrorist organization? Which, by the way, there's different wording in mainstream media. They, they are now detainees. Right. They're De- no longer hostages. <laughs> Depending on which left-wing rag that right. you're reading, they are detainees from the freedom fighters <laughs> instead of <laughs> yeah, hostage. fighters. <laughs> terrorist hostages that's you know unfortunately not something they're willing to actually admit now as of this morning there were 11 unaccounted americans since hamas launched into its war with israel on october 7th the israeli military said there are 203 israeli hostages taken by hamas in the gaza strip but again, more good news. They also mentioned that the majority of the hostages they believe are alive in Gaza. So again, there's not a lot of good news floating around anywhere, but we will absolutely take what we can get. Allison, hit me with a little legal stuff. Crime, punishment, judges, legal stuff. I love they keep threatening Donald Trump 
we're, we're going to lock you up if you don't keep quiet. We're going to put a gag order on you. Well, they already put the gag order on him. Yeah, and he's still talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see that stopping Donald yeah. Trump? No. Uh, he was threatened with jail time again over gag order violations in the New York fraud trial, the tax fraud trial that he's a part of right now. He knows they're not going to lock him up for violating the gag order. As bad as the judge and as biased as the judge and attorney general are, they want to probably lock him up for other things, but it's not going to be for this. You're not going to get a former president of the United States who feels like he's been done wrong to stop talking about it. It's not going to happen. Is there any element that here that people say, yeah, I do kind of see a conflict of interest when the Department of Justice ran by Joe Biden is trying to silence and incarcerate his political opponent for president in 2024? What do you think they would rather have him, silent or incarcerated? uh, Well, both. (laughs) Both. Dead. You're right. Seriously. I mean, that's something that Tucker Carlson brought up to him when he was did, did his uh, Twitter X interview with it. Like, you know, what's what's next? They've been trying to stop you and they haven't been able to stop you since 2015. You're still going. You're still one of the most popular candidates out there. What do you think they're going to try to do next? And again, it's power. It's establishment folks that can't stand when their universe is shaken up. And that's what Donald Trump did. He shook up the establishment universe, Republicans and Democrats. That's why they despise him so much, because they know the public is behind him and he is a threat to the way they normally do business. Also, legal stuff with former President Trump, his ex-lawyer, Sidney Powell pled guilty in election crimes in that trial in Georgia. So now I'm wondering, is she going to go full Michael Cohn and go rat bastard on Donald Trump? Because she reached a plea deal. She's not going to be going to jail, per se. She is going to be a very key witness against Donald Trump now. She was like the... She was like the stop the steal leader. She was like the one that said, we got information, we're going to release the Kraken. I always had some kind of shady thoughts about Trump's legal team down there in Georgia in terms of the stop the steal thing, Rudy Giuliani, I think Jenna Ellis, who's been on our show, I believe. Mm -hmm. I just had some concerns there. And and yeah, and she had access. I mean, she had access to Trump. She had access to Giuliani. She had access to the whole thing. And yeah, I mean, she's going to she's going to do a 180 and start blabbing. That could spell trouble if if things go haywire. CNN reporting that she is very likely to become a witness against Donald Trump. Now, the Trump team, their job is to basically take away her entire credibility. Like, you didn't want to listen to her before, but now you want to listen to her because she's going after me. They're going to try to take away her credibility. Yeah. We'll see how it plays out. All right. It's Friday. We haven't done one of these in a while. How about a round of Damn Nature, You Scary? The Hammer and Nigel Show. Do you suppose we'll meet any wild animals? Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. The dingo, I 
It's your baby. And now Hammer and Nigel proudly presents. Damn, nature, you're scary. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. By the way, Hammer, out in the ocean the past seven days in the Gulf of Mexico there, Anna Marie Island, my anxiety was through the <laughs> roof watching my kids out there with their boogie boards. I mean, because you had to swim out a little bit further to catch, because there was some huge waves. It was windy. Waves were huge. Oh, I'd never seen them that big on the Gulf. But man, about in the bottom of my mind, back of my mind, I'm thinking uh, shark bites should be coming along anytime soon here. Sometime <laughs> soon. You were going to oh. be the subject of a damn nature, yeah. you scary. Or my, one of my kids, worse. Dateline Cincinnati, not too far from here. Female employee at the Cincinnati Zoo. Bitten by a venomous rattlesnake, ooh, 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 ooh. hospitalized and in stable condition. So the Cincinnati Fire Department said that law enforcement was called to the Ohio Zoo after a woman was bitten by an eastern diamondback rattlesnake. Now, according to the zoo's website, the wow. snake is housed in its reptile area. And if you do a little research on this type of snake, the eastern diamondback rattlesnake it is one of the most heavy, venomous snakes you're going to find in North America, averaging between three to six feet, with adults growing to eight feet, and its rattle and venomous bite Ugh. can be fatal to humans. They still have to suck the venom out? Is that the way they, is that the way they operate when someone gets bit by a snake? Or are there modern-day uh, medicines that can help you out there? You know what I mean? Like, right. I mean, like if you're out in the desert by yourself or... Uh, Walking along and with your buddy, and you get bit by a snake in the ass. Right. You, you gotta put your you gotta put your lips on the butt cheek and suck. Right. That was a and scene in City Slickers, wasn't yeah, it? Was it really? In the movie City yeah, Slickers, Billy Crystal. Yeah. yeah. I think Daniel was Stern it? and Billy Crystal had to debate whether or not to suck somebody's ass. Uh, but she's in stable condition. Okay, good. She's Looks okay. like good. she's going to be okay. Damn, nature, you scary. Which brings us to great moments in snake history, okay? If you've ever watched the movie with Samuel L. Jackson, Snakes on a Plane, but it's edited down for basic cable, yeah. this is what it sounds like. Enough is enough! I have had it with these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane! <laughs> Everybody strap in! Monkey-fighting snakes... On this Monday to Friday <laughs> plane. And uh, there was a Classic. baseball game this past year. It was in New York. And uh, there were a couple Mets fans that were building a beer snake. Yes. And that's oh, when I remember that. Everybody chugs the beers and you start stacking the cups up and you try to get it to the upper deck. And one of the great TV interviews of the season happened with this young, intoxicated Mets fan. Can you uh, explain how the snake begins? Oh, for sure, Stevie. First off, I want to say hi to my mom, Kelly Johnson, my family, James, Allie, Jim. Love you guys. Basically, the snake starts sixth, seventh inning. Everyone's got a few beverages in. Someone stands up and goes, give me your cups. Give me your cups. You see the snake form up in the beginning. Everyone throws the cups. Now what? Was it the eighth inning? Seven. Basically the eight, Steve. Yeah. So, and it goes all the way up. From all the way up. That's all forms. Pretty simple. Thanks for the help, Steve. <laughs> Basically the eighth, Steve. No, it's uh, in the seventh. So basically, basically the eighth. eighth. Uh, <laughs> wow. So good. I've never heard that before. Ever and Nigel presents. Is. The day 
It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Yeah, Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I run stories by you. You break down information and give us the verdict. Is the story anything or not? Is this anything? A comedian in England got revenge on a heckler who'd been trolling him for 10 years with the phrase chicken wire. (laughs) Here he is with the backstory and the moment he finally gets a little payback. 10 years ago, I was on stage in Birmingham. Some guy shouted out chicken wire. I got off stage and I assumed that was the end of it. But no, every time I post on my Facebook fan page for the last 10 years, he comments and he writes chicken wire. But he made a mistake. He used his real name. I found him on LinkedIn. I know where he works now. So today, I'm driving 150 miles to EE and Dudley to pay him a little visit. He's an assistant manager. Working there for 10 years, you should be more than an assistant manager, you loser. <laughs> chicken wire! Chicken wire! Chicken wire! I win! You lose! Chicken Chicken wire! Chicken wire! Chicken wire! This is years in the making. He's been trolling me for 10 years, and now I win 10 years! Yeah! Yeah. This is something. I like it. Now, it's just one time in person that he yelled out chicken wire. Am I to understand that correctly when he was on stage? Yes. The guy gets up and goes, chicken wire! And the rest was all social media posts. Okay. Look, this is something. It's something that every comedian's dreamed of doing. We know this because it's not an original idea. Remember that episode where Jerry Seinfeld got heckled while he was doing stand-up, then showed up at Toby's office (laughs) and heckled her? Hey, nice shoes. What, do you have sandals to work? It's always nice to walk in a room and get the aroma of feet. It's real conducive to the work atmosphere. I'm sure your coworkers really appreciate it. Hey, let's go eat in Toby's office. Great idea. We can check on our bunions. You know, uh, I have work to do here. I'm very busy. Oh, is this disruptive? Do you find it hard to work with someone interrupting? Well, you know, how'd you like it if I called security? Security? Well, I don't know how you're going to make it in this business if you can't take it. Oh. <laughs> you got to be tough. All right, you cut it off. <laughs> and then after that, she runs in the street, her pinky toe gets cut off, Kramer saves it, puts it on ice, and then drives the the public transportation to the hospital. Yes. <laughs> it's that whole story about how he's, like, fighting off a robber and right. he's still making the – he goes, you're still making the stops? <laughs> they kept pulling the – well – and Jerry's booing yeah. her the whole time. Yeah. Boo! Boo! boo. <laughs> That's something. Comedian's revenge. I love it. That's great. Is this anything? The city of Watertown, New York, could run out of water. They had a main break, and it's just recently been repaired. The problem is that the current water infrastructure is... 50 to like 70 years old. Oh, that sounds familiar. (laughs) And more leaks could pop up as the pipes are pressurized. Clean drinking water will most likely not be available until next week in Watertown, New York. (laughs) Here's the city manager talking about the problem. Probably started off with low pressure and then uh, no water at all. The people at higher elevations were probably affected first, but by now I'm, I, I suspect that everybody is getting to the point where they don't have any water. But once they find out where the break is, I don't expect it'll take long, as long as we can get the parts. Once you immediately pressurize that system, again, there are pipes that are 50, 60, 70 years old. We, we have to anticipate we're going to have more water breaks uh, and, and main breaks. Yeah, that's something. That's sucks and i yes i do the the unfortunate irony of 
a town running out of water, and the town's name is Waterton Town, U.S., New York. <laughs> let me, let me, do we have time? Let me play this for you real quick. This was, this was the lead into the Watertown, New York water story. Here's news anchor Jeff Cole in a supercut. Now, keep in mind, this was just the introduction before he even went to the reporter with the water main break story in. Watertown. Water main break in Watertown without sufficient water tonight. That was flooded with water today as the water flowed here in Watertown, a city without water. Watertown's water, like the town of Watertown, no water there either. Fort Drum usually gets Watertown's water, not on the city's water. And that water on post is okay to use. The water main break hit there as crews start up to restore water. Sounds like something Kamala Harris would say. Yeah, I know. We should have done a drinking game just then. Drink every time the dude <laughs> says water. And that was before he said it live to the reporter on, on location. This guy and Kamala Harris have to have a town hall <laughs> together to address the water issue. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Not to uh, state the obvious here, Hammer, but the U.S. Department of State has issued a, what some are calling rare, worldwide caution alert. Hmm. U.S. issuing a worldwide caution alert to Americans abroad. I've issued a worldwide caution alert to not use this unisex bathroom across the hall here. Oh, no. What happened? Not again. Man. Like, I know we're talking about serious stuff here, and I hate to, you know, take you down a silly road, but... Somebody poisoned that thing. Somebody, somebody needs to, need to call an ambulance. Need to call the police. <laughs> somebody needs to be arrested for what happened in that unisex bathroom. I can't even go to the can in between commercial breaks here. But anyway, like on a serious note here, it's basically, hey, keep your head on a swivel if you're traveling outside the United States, well, right? Yeah. I mean, I keep my head on a swivel when I'm traveling within the United States. <laughs> when I'm walking in downtown well, Indianapolis. Almighty, with all the stuff that's happened in this country. You think, first of all, <laughs> the U.S. Embassy in Beirut is urging American citizens to make plans to leave the country. Boy, if you're in Beirut for any reason, you're in bad shape as it is. And imagine, like, imagine how bad things have to be if Beirut says, man, <laughs> things are really escalating over here. I, I mean, mean <laughs> it's, I, we, we mentioned it yesterday. This is nothing new for the United States. Lone wolf attacks uh, with religious overtones. Please, I mean Fort Hood. We have the uh, what what happened in the Waukesha Christmas parade attack, San Bernardino Pulse nightclub. Who the hell knows what happened in Vegas? Right, with the shooting in Vegas. I mean, you don't have to to be traveling somewhere abroad to 
to you know follow the advice to keep your head on a swivel at all times yeah if i'm walking across the street to qdoba i've got my head on a swivel like that should be kind of a universal deal all right had an interesting conversation earlier with a guy i've known for a long time it's a guy that uh, went to my high school and you know i think our kids have crossed paths before real good dude his name is jerry shamali now he is a self-described Christian, Trump supporter, conservative, and Palestinian. Hmm. Those are normally a lot of things that you don't see on the same checklist here. We had a fascinating discussion, and he gives us a different perspective. We're going to play you some highlights of that chat here. You can find the full thing on the Hammer and Nigel um, page at WIBC.com. about 15 minutes long. Right, it was a long Certainly chat. Certainly a unique uh, perspective on what's going on with the war in Israel and a historical background to it. Right. So here's how the conversation began. A friend of mine, a guy that I've known for a while, Jerry Shamali, sends me a message and says, look, I am a conservative, I'm a Trump supporter, but I'm a Palestinian Christian. And I thought, you know what? Those are things you don't normally hear all together. That's quite a melting pot. So let's bring him on right now. Jerry <laughs> Shamali, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. What's up, buddy? Hey, it's good to be with you guys. Yeah, it is kind of a melting pot, but uh, yeah, very unique, I guess. How does one become a Palestinian Christian? You know, that is uh, an anomaly in and of itself. I guess my uh, my parents were raised in the West Bank in the Gaza Strip area. Mm. And, you know, uh, by just fortune, uh, my parents were... Uh, you know, they were impressioned upon by their by their uh, grandparents and their parents and of themselves to to follow the faith of Jesus Christ, and that's what uh, they did. And fortunate for me, we went that route. And we got his background for this family a little bit more into that and how they got from uh, the Middle East to uh, how they got from you know from Gaza to the United States. Um, the second clip, being that he's um, Palestinian but also a Christian. I was curious to get his thoughts on these demonstrations that you've seen all over the globe, right here on the steps of Monument Circle, these pro-Palestinian demonstrations, and what he thinks when he hears the words, death to Israel, death to America. I'm a pastor right now, so um, and I, I, I see things a little bit differently than the world sees things. And so I can give you some biblical references that are going to actually be very, very imperative. I mean, it, it's, it's crucial to hear that kind of perspective. And the people that are chanting, you know, death to America and all that kind of stuff is that type of ignorance and hate and is just downright evil and satanic. Again, this was a fascinating yeah. chat, like 15 <clears throat> minutes long, and it's a lot of really deep religious stuff. Well, it's not only that, a historical perspective on what's been going on in that region since the beginning of time. And he, it's not, I mean, there are some controversial things. That he says, I, I'm not really sure anything really stood out to me, but it was just fascinating uh, hearing about what he thinks as, as, and I didn't know that he was a pastor. I didn't, going into this interview, when he said, I'm a pastor, I'm like, oh, wow, okay, that that adds another component into this uh, right. melting pot. So, 
really one of the things we talked about is the ideology that's that's pounded into the Palestinians' brains that all Jews are evil. Jews must be wiped from the face of the planet, and that's the same with Iran. And how do you eradicate that? But how do you get rid of an ideology? How do you get eradicate the the thinking that the Palestinians have been you know it's been pounded into their heads? Obviously, you escaped that, but like for for instance, the other day, Ron DeSantis says, "I don't want any Palestinian refugees here because they are all anti-Semitic." What did you think when when he said that? Okay, honestly, you're asking a pastor that question. So here's the thing: uh, until they until both sides accept Jesus Christ as their savior, hmm. that, that's that's what's going to happen. And he gets really deep into that aspect of it as well, which in some might say is controversial. Right. His solution to the peace peace in the Middle East. And ultimately, it comes down to leadership, you know, needing strong leadership. You know, when you when you have strong leadership in, in, in place, yeah, things like this doesn't, doesn't get funded. You know, people like Joe Biden and that administration who believes, you know what, here's how we'll control Hamas and Iranians. We'll we'll shut them up and we'll appease them with six billion dollars. You know, you can't you can't pay off and appease an ideologue right. when it's a, when it's a religion when it's a religious thought process. The only thing you're doing is you're enabling them with the funds you've given them, and they're going to take those so those same funds and they're going to believe that they're going to create jihad against the infidel. And how are they going to do that? They're going to fund Hamas. And so that that thought process is crazy. And to be to God honest truth, you know, when Joe Biden showed up in Israel to give his, uh, you know, I guess to pay his respect, he should have been apologizing because he's got blood on his hands. I'm really glad you and this guy were friends, that this guy contacted you. It was a fascinating 15-minute conversation. I'm not sure I agreed 100% with all of it. Right. But but that's okay. Right. I, I, and, and I don't think there was anything. There may have been a couple of controversial things in there. I, I'm not sure that there were, even were. You know what I mean? I like we just It was like a 15- to 20-minute conversation. We don't have time to play the entire thing here on the show, but uh, uh, an American Christian, Trump-supporting conservative... Pastor? Did I mention Christian Palestinian <laughs> pastor? That's that's quite a resume, and it was... and What's it on, on WIBC.com? If you go to the Hammer and Nigel page, like where you know we play the audio clips, that section, sure. just look for the chat with Jerry Shamali, okay. and it's 15 minutes, and you will get an education on the way people think in Israel and on the Gaza Strip. Going all the way back to the uh, to, to Cain and Abel. <laughs> right, right. It's a right, trip, I mean, man. Definitely worth your time if you want to learn Abraham. more about what's going on. Uh, real quick, before we hit a break here, Nige, I know you're heartbroken about this, but Cher uh, has announced that if Donald Trump is elected president, she's going to leave the country. Oh, no. No, no, I can't. <laughs> Can we go to break, please? I, I, I'm going to have to gather my thoughts. America, your thoughts. Well, bye. <laughs> it's the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there, not feeling too confident about the Colts home game versus the Browns this Sunday. What- Man, I'm telling you. I think the Colts got a shot here. Whoa! Hold on. 
I have got a pick on this game at the betting article, which is now posted at WIBC.com. It's also on the Hammer and Nigel Show Facebook and Twitter. Uh, bets for the weekend, college and pro, from myself. I'm 17, 15, and 3 on the season. Impressive. Winning record. 5 and 2 on best bets. Uh, we're 3, 2 and 2 on the Degenerate Special. Now, my colleagues, Scott Long, the comedian, who's got a show at Crackers tonight, by the way. Oh, cool. 18-16-1. Uh, so, he's got a winning record. He's also 5-2 and two on his best bets. And we work with two professionals, because Scott and I are not professional handicappers. We're degenerates who do our homework, but we're not professionals. Uh, David Stefanoff of followneverfade.com. This dude is money. Ask his subscribers. Subscribers and our new guy, Kenny Britt of KB Sports. Follow him on Twitter. Subscribe to him. He's a big, hairy American winning machine. You need to get that guy from prison. Yeah. <laughs> there was a guy on prison that like hit like a 12-team parlay yeah, last week. It was crazy. But one of my plays <laughs> that I've got on the video that you can watch now is on the Colts and Browns game. Okay. Now, I know Cleveland's going to bring a lot of fans into town. Dog Pound is going to invade Indianapolis. So, we want to make sure they feel welcomed. So, here's the Hammer and Nigel Show tourism song for Cleveland. Fun times in Cleveland today. <laughs> Cleveland. Come on down to Cleveland Town, everyone. Come and look at both of our buildings. <laughs> Buy some food that's prepared near the street. Watch the poor people all wait for buses. Cleveland leads the nation in drifters. Under construction since 1868. See our river that catches on fire. Don't slow down in East Cleveland or you'll die. Buy a house for the price of a VCR. Our main export is crippling depression. Cleveland. A little something. Something for the Browns fans in town. You're welcome. This weekend. All right. Let's see if we can right the ship. Let's do the Degenerate Special. It's time for Hammer's Degenerate Special. So, Nige, anybody could watch or bet on Penn State against Ohio State, which I also have a play on on my video. Okay. The real Degenerates are betting on South Florida at Connecticut. <laughs> now, sometimes you break a few eggs okay. when you make the degenerate special omelet. I stunk last week. We had the over in Ball State against Toledo. Toledo, one of the top 15 teams in the country offensively. Ball State, one of the worst teams offensively and defensively. And there was like one touchdown the whole game. Toledo, here's my message to you. They just plain suck. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. <laughs> so we took a big L last week. I mean, we weren't even close. And well, you we, know how it is, Nige. It's not we, it's you. <laughs> I took a big L. Here is like what my Twitter timeline was like oh after boy. that game. You big, fat, stinking bastard. God, how I hate you. You make me want to puke. <laughs> so now we attempt to right the ship. South Florida at Connecticut. Okay. South Florida is a two-point road favorite. South Florida has lost two straight games. 
Connecticut snapped a five-game losing streak with a victory over Rice last week. That was their first win of the season. Good for them. South Florida, they're going to be without quarterback Jerry Bohannon and their stud defensive end, Jason Vaughn. Connecticut, they're going to be without their tight end, Alex Honing, and their preseason number one quarterback, Joe Fagnano. So, right. both teams are dealing with injuries. South Florida's defense, nearly non-existent. South Florida is giving up an average of 36.1 points per game and 455 yards per game, which, if you look at the rankings, that's good for 127th and 126th, <laughs> respectively. South Florida also allowing an average of 150 yards per game on the ground, which is 81st in the country. (laughs) UConn. Let's talk about UConn. These guys are bad. They score an average of 20.5 points per game, but is allowing nearly five points less than South Florida is. And UConn, they give up 31.5 points per game, while South Florida, they're conceding 36.1 points per game. You see where we're going here, right? I think so. South Florida's strength is on the ground, but Connecticut's strength is defending what's on the ground. The Huskies, the Yukon Huskies, on average, allow just 137 rushing yards per game. Connecticut averages 190.5 yards, Nige, passing per game, and they will face a South Florida defense that gives up 305 (laughs) yards per game through the air. Connecticut has covered the spread in 10 of the last 15, and the Huskies have covered each of the last five games played at home in the month of October. I think I see where we're going. Nigel, the wrong team is favored here. (laughs) We are getting back to basics this week. No totals, just a team that's been told it's not good enough by odds makers. You know who else was told they weren't good enough and they shocked the world? Rocky Balboa. Oh, boy. This pick is for Rocky and every other person who has defied the odds. Give me the home underdog, UConn, (laughs) plus two. They're a football school this weekend, damn it. I want the Huskies, plus two. That is this week's Degenerate Special. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. And Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! I've got a lot of good news, Hammer. Give it to me. Hasn't been much lately. 
two Americans held hostage by Hamas have been released, according to Fox News. I like how, I like how. By the way, it's no longer hostage in mainstream media. It's detained. Detained. Have you, have you noticed that? Two women have been detained by the freedom fighters on the Gaza Strip. Two Americans held hostage. So, I mean, good news, right? I mean, yes. this is incredible news. A source with knowledge of the release confirmed to Fox that the two American hostages, a mother and daughter, were released on humanitarian grounds following Qatari mediation efforts. So it took a third party to get involved here. But listen, scoreboard here, the mother and daughter have been released. At least that's what's been confirmed by See, Fox News. That was News. what I was hoping for. Like Joe Biden sends a hundred hundred million dollars in humanitarian aid, but n- nothing's happening. We didn't get anything in return for it. Well, maybe there right. was a deal behind the scenes of listen. Don't tell the Israelis, but if I give you a hundred million bucks, you got to start releasing our yeah. hostages. Like I don't know, I'm totally speculating there, but I mean, look at the timing. They get a hundred million dollars promised to them. Hostages get released. I don't know, man. Uh, as I, of- I, I like how they described it on humanitarian grounds. The, the Hamas is so, they're so humanitarian, aren't they? We're not they're, always they're- cutting the heads off of babies. Every once in a while, we do something nice. Give me a break. Now, as of this uh, morning, 11 Americans were still unaccounted for since the yeah. beginning of this war. Um we need to find where these people are at. And again, there's a good chance that action is already in place to try to rescue some of you these people. You have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. None. No idea, uh, especially in terms of the IDF, the United States military, and some of its special forces. Uh, communications with um, uh, the upper echelon of um, Hamas politicians, two of which I read just got recently taken out, taken out right. which is great. Now, the Israeli Defense uh, Foundation says that there are hostages in Gaza and the majority are still alive. Their intel says that the hostages are still alive. But again, I wouldn't be shocked if whether it's Delta Force, a SEAL team type of group, not just from the United States, you know, British special forces, Israeli special forces, they already have action going. Because I remember the story, and we talked about this the other day when uh, Spanglish was here. Wow, oh, my man Spanglish. Uh, one of the SEAL Team 6 members, not the uh, guy that fired the kill shot, but another member of that group, he was at home already in the Taco Bell drive through when the news broke on that uh, Sunday night that bin Laden had been killed. Wow. So that's how fast wow. these dudes operate, man. And that's how slow information is to trickle out right. on the other side of that coin. 100%. Uh, the Israeli military said as of yesterday, 230 three Israeli hostages were taken by Hamas, but they also say that the majority of them, they believe, are still alive. Another day, another vote, another big nothing burger in regards to the Speaker of the House. Jim Jordan getting fewer and fewer votes every single time out. And now, by the way, he is permanently out. He's gone. There was a behind-closed-door vote. Jim Jordan no longer running for Speaker of the House. Uh, Earlier today, Hakeem Jeffries, election denier, Hakeem Jeffries, got 210 votes. 
Jim Jordan, 194. That's down from 200, down from 199. What? Others, 25. But Nigel's going in the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Speaker of the House, election denier, Democrat, Hakeem Jeffries with 210 votes. 217 Whoa. is what's needed here. Now, I guess yesterday, Jordan and the GOP caucus met for four to five hours behind closed doors. And one proposal involved granting the additional authority for Patrick McHenry, he's the speaker pro temp right now, yeah. uh, to yeah. lead things yeah. until January. Is there somebody else that we don't know? Because that's how it works. Uh, Kevin McCarthy wrote down a list of names he wanted in case something happened to him. And this McHenry you know, pro temp guy is, is the guy. Is there anybody else after that? We don't know. Donald Trump, but I don't think it can be him. I mean, he's been federally indicted. So I have no idea at this point, but the Democrats are having a field day with this, and rightfully so. And it kills me to say this, but this looks like a clown show from the Republicans. And again, election denier Hakeem Jeffries, he did a little press gaggle earlier today, took a few questions. And we are going to be here for as long as it takes to end this national nightmare. Are there many moderate Republicans who are be willing to partner with you on a speaker candidate? It's a question you should ask them. Would you ever vote for Patrick McHenry on the floor? I've said repeatedly that there are many Republicans on the other side of the aisle who we believe are good Americans, good patriots, good men and women. Patrick McHenry is one of them. There are others. Well, I don't know. That should tell you something right there. If if Hakeem Jeffries is endorsing you. Right. I'm out on Patrick McHenry. Henry, if Hakeem Jeffries is in on Patrick McHenry. If you're looking for a reason to crack open a cold one tonight, again, we're officially going to start the weekend here in just a little bit with Beer Sample Friday. I may or may not have unofficially already started. (laughs) Your reason to drink tonight, Snoop Dogg is 52 years old. Really? That's all? I wouldn't have thought he would have been older. 52. So, in honor of the birthday of the D-O-double-G, we've got a little mashup here. This is Snoop Dogg's hit Gin and Juice mashed up with the Disney song, The Bare Necessities. Make a little something for yeah. the jeans. Make a few hands yeah. and Two in the morning and the party's still jumping because my mama ain't home. I got in the living room getting it on and they ain't leaving till six in the morning. I got a pocket full of rubbers and my homeboys do too. Yeah! Are you okay? Everything's going to be okay. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. Oh, yeah! Uh, New report, Hammer, from Kroger shows the best-selling Halloween candy right here in Indy. Number three. Fun-sized Snickers. Okay. Or fun, just a little, are those, is that supposed to be fun? The little tiny Snickers? Hey, if somebody handed me one of those little bad boys right now, I think it'd be fun. <laughs> Number two, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Love them. Got to be refrigerated, though. Number one, best-selling Halloween candy in Indy. M&M's, are you okay with this? 
Yes, I'm okay with this. I'm a little surprised that M&M's is over the peanut butter cups. Kind of feels like the Reese's yeah. peanut butter cups are kind of the gold standard. Again, they have to be cold. I'm with you on that yeah. one. I am with you 100% on that one. Uh, the fun size Snickers. To me, the interesting thing is that it's Snickers and not anything else. Not Milky Way, not Hershey's, not anything else. Butterfingers are my favorite by all, by by no, like way far and above any of these. I put Butterfingers in Reese's. Um, I've never, I don't think I've ever eaten a Snickers, quite frankly. What? I don't like the peanuts in it. I don't know. I had the deep fried Snicker at the Indiana State Fair. Remember when we were broadcasting live? You you down that thing in about two seconds. May or may not have dipped it in the beer, too. (laughs) I don't really know if that was a good decision, but uh, (laughs) shortly after the fair is when I started my diet, by the way. Uh, But yeah, this uh, this is something. Now, the report also shows that nationally... 60% 60% of parents steal a little bit of candy from their kids' bags. Oh, yeah. I do. Of course. That tells me 40% are lying when they say they don't. <laughs> like, every parent at least gets a little something out of the bag, right? Sure. And if you're a fatty like me, sometimes the challenge is when you buy the Halloween candy a couple days in advance, try not to eat it oh, all. Oh, dip into it early? Before Halloween. Yeah. And that's where Hammer and Nigel Records comes in. <laughs> it was almost Halloween. My candy bowl was getting lean. I thought that 20 bags would somehow last. Nope. And I bought tiny Snickers bars, M&M's, and even Mars. And I transferred all of them straight to my ass. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yes. And I saw it by the door, thinking I'd eat just one more. There's nothing wrong with just a little taste. Nothing. <laughs> but nothing that was 15 pounds ago. My gut looks like Pillsbury dough. <laughs> and I'm standing here in wrappers to my waist. Oh, man. And you should see my thunder thighs. They're made from paydays to fun size. <laughs> this triple chin of mine is just plain round. <laughs> now I'm back here at the store, teary-eyed and buying more. Cause it ain't even Halloween and my candy is gone. <laughs> the struggle is real, man. <laughs> the struggle is real. Hammer and Nigel Records. Okay, are you okay with this? A Virginia woman dealing with health issues and the loss of her pet was, quote, prescribed a new cat by her doctor to help with her overall well-being. Here's Robin Sipe and her physician talking about bringing an animal into her life. I was very, very sad. And Dr. King asked me why I was so sad. He was concerned about my overall well-being. And I told him that I had recently lost my beloved pet, Detora, a cat. I would recommended that she proceed to get a new cat, and I actually wrote her a prescription to get a cat. Cats and dogs are important. Okay, uh, are you okay with this doctor prescribing a cat to his patient? No, this doctor's a quack. <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying that a new pet probably wouldn't 
help, yeah. you know, but to prescribe it, to take like a little piece of paper off your pad <laughs> and write down new cat on it. Like, what is this woman supposed to do? You take that to the CVS pharmacy? Do they hand you a freaking cat across the, the pharmacy there? Uh, and what happens if her husband dies? Does she prescribe him a new husband? <laughs> like, it feels like that's just such a lazy ass thing to do. New cat. You hand that to the guy behind the counter at CVS. New cat. Excuse me, doctor. All my family just died in a plane crash. Here, let me write you a prescription for a new family. Here. That's such a lazy, half-ass thing to do. No, not okay with that. On Thursday, the View's Sonny Houston talked for the third time. Not okay with it. (laughs) She talked for the third time in recent weeks about testifying before Congress, during which she claimed that she was, quote, terrorized by Republican Jim Jordan. I mean, karma doesn't lose anyone's address, and I'm kind of enjoying it in a sense, because um, I've had my own personal interaction with Jim Jordan, where he terrorized me. Really? Yeah, when I was testified in front of Congress. He was, like, spitting. He was yelling at me so much that he started spitting. Uh, Are you okay with this? No, I'm not okay with this. One, because Sonny Hostin is one of the biggest frauds on television race-baiting liar that will just say anything to get the ratings meters to move one way or the other. And I say this with full confidence because I reviewed that Republican hearing. I reviewed Sonny Hostin's testimony. I'm sorry. You know who did not speak or address to Sonny Hostin? Jim Jordan. He did not speak or address Sonny Hostin. It never happened. That's a lie. That's fiction. So, no, I'm not okay with this. And anybody that watches The View, I'm just absolutely disappointed and floored that your vote counts the same as mine. (laughs) And and what about using the word terrorized? He never even spoke to her, Nige. I I should probably think of a few groups of people that were actually, uh, are worthy of uh, that word being used. And Sonny Houston is definitely not one of them. And that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. All right. uh, We got time for one more? One more. Let's do it. A Philly woman claims that due to a rare condition, she gave birth in under a minute. Wow. didn't have to push. The basic, uh, the baby basically shot right out of her. Oh, man. Here's Sienna Gonzalez telling her unique birthing story. So while I was giving birth, what basically happened to me is called the Ferguson reflex. My baby shot out completely involuntary. I did not have to push him out. He came out on his own. You can hear me screaming, the baby is coming, he's coming. And that was me screaming to my team that I'm going to need hands on deck because I could feel him descending outside of my control. Oh boy, are you okay with this? Yes, I'm okay with this, but if you put your ear up to the radio right now, you can hear some woman listening to our program who was in child labor for 24 hours yelling, (laughs) bleep you! You gave birth in under a minute? Like, I think... Didn't have to push. I think Rob's wife was in labor for a long, long time. And this woman basically sneezed and boom, out (laughs) comes a baby. I I believe it's known in medical journals when that happens, uh, the woman actually has an abnormally large hoo-ha. Really? 
Well, I don't know that to be the truth at all. I believe you more than I believe Dr. Fauci. No, I, I trust your science more than I trust Dr. Fauci's. And listen, I knew we would be talking about a childbirth story, yeah. so I thought we would play salt and peppers, push it. But the fact that it's the total opposite here, she didn't have to push it. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to play a mashup of push it with whip it and see if this does anything for you. I gotta like it. I gotta get a breakdown here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Little push it with whip it mashup here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel, Jason Hammer, right over there. We have a special guest on the WIBC Hotline, Breitbart International Editor, Francis Martell. Francis, uh, welcome back to the show. Did, did you get to watch that uh, that invigorating speech Joe Biden gave last night? <laughs> From the Oval Office. Well, first of all, thank you for having me back. Um, yes, I, I caught the message. Um, yeah, invigorating, you know, in the middle of what seems like one of the most turbulent uh, periods of time in modern history. Great that that's the guy that's... <laughs> I know it. Lots of confidence, right? So, um, so I... I you know, it seemed like, well. First of all, it seemed like he talked a lot about Ukraine, more Ukraine than um, than what's going on with Israel and the war uh, with Hamas. Um, the hundred million dollars to Hamas. Let's start there, and then we can broaden this conversation. Now, Nigel, it's humanitarian aid. Oh, I'm sorry, humanitarian <laughs> aid. Humanitarian aid to Gaza. I'm sorry, I mispronounced it. Is there, do you do you really believe, Francis, in your estimation that this humanitarian aid is going to go for or uh, the, the aid of the Palestinians? Well, it's going to go to the Palestinian authorities that are running Gaza, which is Hamas. Um, that's the thing, right? Uh, Hamas is a, a jihadist terror organization. It's a gang of thugs, but it is also an elected government. So it, there is no alternative to Hamas in Gaza if you want to go and you want to give humanitarian aid. Um, there's definitely a huge need for humanitarian aid, but that's precisely because um, any aid that goes to a Palestinian civilian has to go through Hamas, and Hamas is busy killing Palestinian civilians to prevent them from fleeing, yeah. because they want to use them as human shields. So that's the big um, conundrum here, where there is a need for humanitarian aid. There are a lot of innocent people, but there's only one entity that you that has any control over Gaza, and that's Hamas. 
And Francis, Jason Hammer here, watching Joe Biden last night. If you're somebody that doesn't follow the news as closely as, say, we all do, you would think that Israel and Ukraine is the exact same situation here, and both of them are big allies to the United States. That was kind of the message that Joe Biden had last night. At least that's what I took from it. What about you? Yeah, me too. I, I was very confused of, about like what parallel universe this is, where where what Hamas did looks anything like what the Russians did. And not, that's not to say you know one one is better or worse. Although although I'm going to weigh in on you know the people killing babies are probably worse. Yeah. Um, but they're just completely different histories and geopolitical situations, right? And and this is something I think that is pervasive in American corporate media, right? Like they want to compare everything. They call any conservative leader anywhere in the world is the Trump of whatever, right? Like, they, they do this all the time. And so Biden kind of did that with Israel and Ukraine. And there's there's absolutely no comparison because Hamas is not the Russian government. <laughs> I don't know how to clarify exactly how because it's so obvious on its face when you say that, right? Like, the, the government of one of the largest and most, like, influential powers on the planet is not the same as a jihadist terror gang who is, you know, on drugs murdering civilians. Like, these are two very different things. And the solutions, if there even is a solution to the Palestinian situation, honestly, they're vastly different. Um, And the Israeli government is not the Ukrainian government. The Ukrainian government is highly dysfunctional, highly corrupt. So there are a lot of questions there about how do you, you know, it's so on its face absurd that it's hard to think, like, where do you even begin explaining why Israel is not Ukraine? They're just totally different. And ultimately, listen, the real reality is that Israel is indeed an ally to the United States as to where Ukraine is not. The only reason Ukraine is viewed in somewhat of a positive light right now is because people hate Russia even more. But this theory that if Russia takes down Ukraine, they're going to take over the world. I'm having a hard time buying that. It, I am too, um, and there is, you know, there's an argument to be made that we should be involved in Ukraine, and it's it's this: Ukraine used to have nukes, and they gave up their nukes because we said that we would give them security guarantees in in the 90s, um, and so that's when when Zelensky's out there demanding things and feeling entitled, it's because Ukraine gave up those nukes. But that is a very different situation from what we have with Israel, where Israel has, you know, we have a lot of shared values with Israel, we have a lot of shared geopolitical and military interests. Um, Israel is a like beacon of freedom in the Middle East. It's the only place in the Middle East you can be gay, for example, um, never mind Jewish. Um, so it's it's very, very different. And, and also the outcomes of American aid are very different, right? Like Israel um, has a very robust military, has a very like strong government infrastructure, and Ukraine is a kleptocracy. And it's a little better than it was was maybe under Zelensky because Zelensky was an outsider candidate, but it has a very long way to go. And Biden himself said, you know, in, in I believe in 2021, we can't let Ukraine into NATO because it's too corrupt. So th- that's something no one would ever say about Israel. You mentioned nukes earlier in Ukraine. Does Israel have nukes? They, they're kind of shady about their nuclear program. Do we know definitely that they have nuclear weapons? 
that's that's a great question. We we don't. It's it's very shady. I mean, there's always um, the the backup is always you know we have nukes and yeah. we would you know if if push comes to shove where we're having this conversation you know our nukes would be in play. But um, we don't know for sure. You know, and and Israel kind of hints at it whenever Iran yeah. gets a little too close to to you know developing or having too much enriched uranium. Um, but they they never say you know I've I tried looking this up so many times and there is no definitive answer um well so when i when I, I hear you know you wrote a story about how iran's top general threatened to attack israel if you know quote termination is imminent i'm thinking boy you poke this little bear one too many times you might get a surprise yeah, yeah, and it's you know it's a poker game, right? Like we don't know. We we just have to read Israel's face. You know, we we don't know for sure. I don't think Israel will ever formally declare itself a nuclear state like North Korea has, um, where they're 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 so happy to brag about it. Um, Israel sure. will never do that. But um, they whether or not they have them, they kind of need to act like they do because um, Iran regularly threatens to obliterate Israel. Um, they openly chant death to Israel the night of the Hamas attack there was a block party with fireworks and free drinks Ugh. in the middle of the street in Tehran um, because so many people had been slaughtered so when that's your neighbor when your neighbor is throwing parties every time you know a relative in your family dies that's you that's know awful. that's not a neighbor that you you know ask a cup for a cup of sugar for and with Iran one of the things that drives me nuts Francis is you see the Biden administration trying to say well that's six billion dollars that didn't go right to the Iranians' bank account. It went to Qatar, and we owed that to them, and blah, blah, blah. Basically justifying why you felt the need to pay one of the biggest, if not the biggest, state sponsor of terror in the world, as opposed to just saying, you'll get the money when you get the money. Maybe you clean your act up first, and we'll pay later. Like It just seemed, even though that money technically was never cashed, per se, they still went out of their way to make sure the Iranians had it. Yeah, well, first of all, it, it is in an Iranian government bank account. It 100% is, and the Iranian government has said that. Um, what Biden is hinging all of his defense on this on is that if Iran tries to withdraw money from that account, which Iran has not tried to do, it can make Qatar stop the, it can freeze the, the withdrawal. But the money is there, and, and, you know, there's the way that the Biden administration works. If you're the Iranian regime, you just use up other accounts, and you do so more liberally because you know that eventually Biden is going to cave and, and let you have the $6 billion. Um, so that the attitude that we put towards the world, um, for example, we just lifted sanctions on Venezuela, yeah. which is a top Iran ally. So all that money that Venezuela is going to get is going to Iran anyway. So they don't even have to bank on the $6 billion. Um, but they can spend more money on groups like Hamas because they rightfully are going to bet that Biden will cave and let them access the $6 billion in, in some future. Francis Martel, world editor at Breitbart. Yeah, you really, you gotta, there's a lot of dots to connect. I mean, not only did Biden directly give Hamas $100 million for humanitarian aid, but like you said, if you could explain just a little bit more about how Biden lifted oil sanctions on Venezuela, which in turn uh, is uh, benefits Iran, and Iran will have more money to fund Hamas. 
Yes, absolutely. So um, the Venezuelan regime is a close ally of both Iran and Hamas. There, there are direct links between the Venezuelan government and Hamas. Um, the, the president or dictator, Nicolás Maduro, was out there, you know, the day after the massacre saying that uh, Jesus was an anti-colonialist Palestinian and, you know, like trying to um, trying to like uphold the, the Hamas version of the story. Um, and so what happened here is that the Biden administration and again the, the mainstream media follows this to a T they um, they see issues as regional and they don't connect these dots so um, we, we have the Iran situation right and then the Biden administration decides to lift these sanctions on Maduro um, which are oil and gas sanctions so now um, Venezuelan oil and gas can freely flow into the US market into any market in the world um, and he lifted these sanctions because Maduro agreed to host some sham election where he's going to put three other socialist candidates that are going to lose against him, um, which is what he does every time. And so to reward him for this charade, he's going to have full access to the oil markets right now. Um, and we know that a month ago, Iran and Venezuela and Syria, the, the administration of Bashar al-Assad, um, the dictatorship of Bashar al-Assad, agreed to build a new oil refinery in Homs, Syria. So a lot of that oil is going to go straight to Syria, where Iranian engineers are going to refine it. Iranian engineers are also rehabilitating Venezuela's own refineries at home, which are in shambles because they're under socialist control and they're being completely neglected. Iran is refurbishing all those facilities, and they're going to get a cut of anything that gets refined there. And where does Iranian money go? To Hamas. So it's just like very poorly thought out. Um, that when you lift sanctions on someone on the other side of the world who has constantly been a loyal ally to all these terrorists, that clearly that money is going to flow there. And, and they just don't, it's too myopic, you know? They just look at Latin America and its problems as third-tier, unrelated problems. And it's just so frustrating when here at home, Biden is clamping down on energy production and canceling oil yeah. leases, while at the same time <laughs> lifting uh, oil <laughs> sanctions uh, on Venezuela. It's just it's mind-boggling. Uh, Breitbart News International Editor Francis Martel. Find all her work, Breitbart.com. Excellent stuff, as always, uh, Francis. And uh, have a great weekend, okay? Thanks. You, too. Right now. Hammer and Nigel present. Uh, beer sample. Fry. Yeah! I got some beers. Let's drink them, huh? Beers on sale, people. Come down, get you some. Brought to you by Thompson Furniture and Mattress in Columbus. Just dropped off. Big Mike and, uh, by the way, Big Mike, glad you're feeling better, man. Him and his son just dropped off a queen-size bed for my son. Little kind of um, tear going down my eye as my son's getting older. The bunk bed finally went away after all these years, Hammer. And but, the cat's um, in the cradle <laughs> and the silver spoon. <laughs> but uh, Thompson Furniture and Mattress in Columbus, our stellar sponsor for this edition of Beer Sample Friday. What do you have for us? So, the Indiana Hoosiers. Football teams had a rough year, right? The highlight was yeah. leading Michigan 7 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. <laughs> Wait, that was I, that's the highlight of IU's season before giving up a fifty-two to nothing run. But yes, so far I think that's been the highlight. But that's hilarious. I think 
They've got a chance to win a home football game tomorrow. Really? Hoosiers are hosting Rutgers, and we've got a little something here from uh, Upland Brewing Company, Nige. Oh, Hoosier game day lager. I love it. Okay. A classically smooth and refreshing beer. Let's do it. To the Hoosiers. They're getting five points at home. Rutgers is favorite. I'm not mad at Indiana getting five points in this one. Cheers to the weekend, everybody. Go Hoosiers. Again, the beer we're sampling. Uh, where's it available? Upland uh, Brewing. Hoosier game day lager. Cheers, Hammer. It's got everybody. the candy stripes on the can. Let's go. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.